Good morning, church. Um, I hope that you are well this morning. Um, uh, we are so blessed to have had such a wonderful time of worship. Um, I was really encouraged and, and blessed by it as well. And um, just would also like to extend a special greeting as well to um, our online uh, community as well who will be listening to this message. Um, I say to them, Sanbonani, Dumelang, Absheng, good morning, Huemora. <laughs> yeah, so today, church, we, we are going to be going back into a Savior series um, and um, are going to be tackling uh, a title called The Kingdom of God, which is, you know, our many messages, the 74th message <laughs> on the Savior series. How's that? Well done, church especially for those who have been here for most of them, hey? Um, So yeah, we'll be doing the Kingdom of God today. Um, It will be part one of the Kingdom of God, and uh, the second part will be preached um, in the following weeks to come. So we'll just be focusing on Luke 13, verses 18 to 35, and we'll be going over um, two key ideas that we'll be covering today which are the kingdom of God explained, um, and uh, I'm sure they'll be up on the screens just now, the kingdom of God explained. Um, So we'll be going through the small seed that grows into a large tree, the yeast that's small but has a large effect, right? Um, It may seem insignificant, but it's the most significant thing on the planet. Wait, Wait to hear, church, wait to hear. Then we'll go through the narrow door to the kingdom Uh, The kingdom of God is accessed through a narrow door, um, and we know this from Scripture when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, which is in John 14, verse 6. Um, The kingdom of God can only be entered for a limited time while we are still alive before Jesus returns. After that, no one else can enter. All right? Um, This encourages us to enter now through faith in Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. Amen. So let's sit tight and um, allow God to to minister to us. I'm just going to pray quickly before we delve into the Scriptures. Father God, we thank You for this Word today. Heavenly Father, we pray that Almighty God, even though we are here in our fleshly bodies, but that Your Lord, Heavenly Father, You may allow our spirits, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to be in tune to Your Word, Almighty God, Heavenly Father, that our hearts may be receptive to Your message, Almighty God, this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank You for what You are about to do in this Word and through this Word in our lives, O Lord, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, to glorify and advance Your kingdom. We thank You in the mighty and righteous name of our Lord and Savior. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. All right, so... Church, let us read uh, Luke 13, verses 18 to 35 quickly, and thereafter we'll begin to um, go through the Scriptures. So, we'll start with the parable of the mustard seed, um, and I'll be reading from the NLT translation. Then Jesus said, what is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It is like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree, and the birds make nests in its branches. He also asked, I love how Jesus uses parables. They were so confusing but had deep meaning at the same time. What, is, what else is the kingdom of God like? 
It is like the yeast a woman used in making bread, for those who know how to make bread. <laughs> Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he went, always pressing on toward Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? He replied, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom, for many will try to enter but will fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. You will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, but we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me, all you who do, who do evil. Imagine that, eh? There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For you will see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. But you will be thrown out, and people will come from all over the world, from east, west, north, and south, to take their places in the kingdom of God. I pray that we are all there, saints. Hallelujah. And note this, some who seem least important now will be greatest then, and some who are the greatest now will be least important then. Amen. At the time, some Pharisees said to him, get away, get away from here if you want to live. Herod Antipas wants to kill you. Jesus replied, go tell that fox, I actually, I actually laughed when I read that, that I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow and the third day. I will accomplish my purpose. Yes, today, tomorrow and the next day, I must proceed on my way. For it wouldn't do for a prophet of God to be killed except in Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers, how often I've wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings. I'm reminded of Isaiah 40 verse 31. But you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is abandoned and you'll never see me again until you say blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. So, yeah, Jesus spoke a lot there, and um, if we quickly go to um, verses 18 and 19 of, of Luke 13, um, where Jesus was saying that, what is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? It is like a tiny mustard seed. Um, I've got a picture of a, of a mustard seed there. You see how minuscule it is. That a man planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree, and the birds make nests in its branches. The mustard, seeds, uh, mustard seed, saints, is made mention of here. It's a very small seed. There you go. It's a black seed found um, at Israel at the time. And though its size was seemingly insignificant, right, when planted in a garden, it grows and it becomes a tree. I mean, look at that tree from a mustard seed. Imagine our faith and how when it is infused with the Word of God, it grows into what God inspired it to be. And it becomes a tree which the birds of the earth can perch on. We are reminded of our efforts, saints. So this is a word to encourage us that through faith, through faith in Christ, um, our efforts are not insignificant. Though our prayers, words of life to others, words of affirmation, 
and faith for others to salvation may not, be, may not materialize quickly. We are encouraged to have faith that it, that it will grow with time. In time, our faith manifests to resemble the appearance of a tree. Birds, and refu- birds that find refuge and make nests. Now, this resembles those who find refuge in the Word of God and those who are sheltered by His promises. Isn't that amazing, saints? That as we continue to fulfill God's mission, they are those who are encouraged by our words and they find refuge in God's Word. And, uh, and they then find refuge in His love. They then find refuge, as I mentioned in Isaiah 40, verse 31, under the shadow of His wing. So let us be encouraged to continue to do so. Amen. Let's look at um, John 15, verses 1 to 6, um, where God continues um, to, to allude on this analogy, that I am, the gra- I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit, and He prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified, this is to you, saints, by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. Amen. So we are encouraged to remain in Christ, saints. We are encouraged to remain in Christ, for He does the good work in us. We cannot do anything out of our own efforts. We cannot do anything out of our own minds. We cannot do anything with our resources, with our brilliant minds. And they are brilliant minds, yeah? Mind you, you you guys are, are brilliant, you know? God has gifted you with your brilliant minds. But we can't even do anything with that. Um with our limbs, you know, with our vocals, without the Word of God, without our lives being given to Him and um, being enslaved to His, to, to his love and to His salvation. Um, let's look quickly at verse 20. He also asked, what else is the kingdom of God like? It is like a yeast a woman used in making bread um, for those bread makers um, in the church. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, though I don't know what that means. <laughs> it permeated every part of the dough. Um, and then he continues to say, we go back to what he says, yes, I am the vine, the yeast in the dough. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, the yeast that remains in the dough, and in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Without the, without the, the yeast in the dough, it will not grow. It will not get bigger. For those who know Jake, it will not get bigger, right? <laughs> um, Jesus being the vine and we the branches is symbolic of faith in Jesus to use us for His purpose. Amen? If we remain in Him, our faith and serving, which may seem a little, can permeate into every part of, what, um, of our called purpose. However, when we are out of His purpose, we can do nothing. So we are to remain in Him. Amen. Um, 
I'm just going to make an example of, of what um, all the, the, the ministries that we do in the church, that, for example, if we remain in hosting and being in community groups, um, even when sometimes there are a few who attend, um, we are to serve even, they, even when that is the situation. Um, even when there are few in attendance, we are to keep praying. Even when there seems to be a few who respond, we are to keep praying. Amen. <laughs> it sounds like everybody related to some aspect there, hey? <laughs> um, so let me encourage those with Hebrews 6 verse 10, right? So for God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for others, for other believers as you still do. So God encourages you to continue to host those community groups, even when, even when one is in attendance, to continue to pray, even when one converts, um, to continue to do all the ministries and all the great things that we do in His house. Continue to do it because of His sacrifice He made for us. Amen. And it's such an amazing time that, um, that we are able to receive this message ahead of Easter, right? Um, we are going to receive, um, you know, the, the essence of why we, we, we know of His salvation, that we are in His salvation, and why we receive His salvation because of the sacrifice, sacrifice that He made for us on the cross. So, believers, we are to keep inviting those outside of the faith of salvation to community groups, to Alpha, to Easter services, upcoming or Sunday celebrations, even when we get a resounding no, right? That's very hard, um, but we are to keep doing it. We are to keep praying for the lost, our friends, colleagues, strangers, even when it's clear to you, but not for them. We are to remain in faith in Christ and let God do the rest. That is the important takeaway to underline. Let God do the rest. Remain standing in faith, brethren. Remain standing in faith. Amen. It's amazing that, um, you know, when, when you can't do something even at work, um, but you are sort of like the entrusted person, um, everybody believes in you. You can do it. And, and when you fail, um, it's very hard to then showcase your failure, right? <laughs> it is very hard. Um, but how amazing would it be to just say, Lord, um, I acknowledge my weakness could you take over and do the rest? Remain standing in his faith, and he will do the rest. Amen. Amen. So we'll now go through to the narrow door analogy, the narrow door to God's kingdom. What is the narrow door to God's kingdom? Okay. Is there a, a separate door in heaven that's, that's very narrow that the skinny will fit through? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I think it speaks of something else, right? <laughs> I think I might even have a challenge there myself. Um, if we look at Luke 13, verse 22, um, it reads like this. Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he went, always pressing on toward Jerusalem. Right? Why was Jesus doing that? Jesus was intentionally going to Jerusalem. But now you're thinking, why would Jesus go to his death? You know? I mean, he knew the purpose in him and that God had given him. And he knew that his faith lay in Jerusalem. Why would he pursue going there? Because of you and I, saints. Because of you and I. So he was going to his death. 
yet he continued preaching to large crowds. So here's a man who knew his faith, but because of you and I, along the way, he continued to preach so that he may draw more into this wonderful kingdom of God. The prospect of death did not deter Jesus from his mission. And guess what? Even on his way to his death, people needed to hear, listen, receive, be imparted, repent, be saved, and gain everlasting life and salvation through Christ Jesus. They didn't realize it at the time, but it was only through him that they would receive the salvation. Jesus was too focused on his mission to let the prospect of his death deter him from the will of the Father. How wonderful is that? If we could just, you know, um, when God impresses something in our spirits, say we will do it at all costs, uh, no amount of money no, or, or nothing that may deter me will stop me from fulfilling the will of, of, of Jesus. Um, even if it's a word to a friend, if it, even if it's a prayer to someone who really needs it, just tell yourself, nothing will deter me from not accomplishing it because the Lord has impressed it in me. And how much more did Jesus have to sacrifice in order for us to receive this grace so willingly, so freely, so easily, in fact? Amen. We may not have been born yet during these times of these occurrences and these events, but he bore the sins of you and I still then. And therefore, he pressed on so that we may have everlasting life. What a wonderful man, you know, who lived and walked the earth and really had the picture, the forward picture, the future picture um, of this great congregation that's sitting before me here. And he thought, I'm going to pursue this because it is for them, and I want them to be with me with the Father one day when we are feasting in the kingdom. Amen. Luke 13, verses 23 and 20 to 27, someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? Here's a big question. He replied, work hard to enter the narrow door. Remember what we said about the narrow door? It's not like that. Um, <laughs> For many will try to enter but will fail. It's a hard one to ingest. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. I wonder if it will be a trellis door. <laughs> you will stand outside knocking and pleading. Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, but we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me, all you who do evil. Finding salvation, saints, requires a more concentrated effort than what most people are willing to put forth, right? Um, it is not an easy thing. Uh, I believe that um, as hard of an effort that Jesus had to put forward, it's not as easy, you know, to, to then follow in those footsteps as well. But we are in to embrace this um, as um, Jesus was encouraging his disciples as well. Let's just look quickly at uh, Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, now he's going to be speaking about the things that we need to leave behind us in order to follow him. You must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try 
if you, if you try to hang on your life, you will lose it. So what good is it to hang on to your life when you can lose it? But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, all the riches and glory, but you lose your own soul? I'm just reminded of all the... Um, I'm in technology, guys. And um, so I follow a lot of technology articles and what have you. And you would have known um, how they're trying to duplicate DNA and, you know, um, basically create a self-reflection of yourselves. Um, but I think the one thing that they're really failing on is how do you give it a soul? You just die. Um, so they soul is our creator, and it's the very person that they deny. Um, so they create these automated robot-like things that, you know, have no emotions or, or what have you, but they really respond to the analogies and the inputs of what we've created, and we are God's creation. Um, but for me, that was just a significant thing that, you know, you are failing because you fail to acknowledge who who exists or who created you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So is anything worth more than your soul? Nothing. Nothing is worth more than your soul. Since we cannot save ourselves, there is no way we, we, can, we can work ourselves into God's favor. There is, however, a cost. I mean, we spoke about earlier um, the cost of hosting, the cost of praying, um, but there's a cost in waking up on a Sunday morning. <laughs> when you could be sleeping, um, to participating in community groups, to tithing when the repo rate is going up. It's hard, guys, but we've got to keep doing it. Um, to denying your flesh when you could be engaging to the hookup culture. We just covered it in the Sex and Gender series. The humiliation of sharing God's gospel in a world that doesn't want Him. The question we might be asking ourselves is, is it worth it? But the real question should be, is He worthy? So we dare not put, put off making this decision, saints, because the door will not stay open forever, right? So we need to make a decision and make it now because the decision you make to go into His wonderful light is an everlasting one. Let's look to Luke 13, verses 26 to 27. People were eager to know who would be in God's kingdom, right? I mean, they really were. I mean, we just read it in Scripture. So Jesus explains, as He does, um, that although many people know something about God, only a few have acknowledged their sins and accepted His forgiveness. We may not necessarily see the people we expect to see in the kingdom of God, right? This is why it's important to, to preach the gospel with fear and trembling throughout all the nations of the earth, as far wide as possible in our workspaces, you know, as we walk, as we breathe, we need more people to know of God's word and the salvation and the forgiveness that He, he has spared for us and the great sacrifice he has made through Christ Jesus. Some respectable religious leaders even may, even may have been claiming allegiance um, to Jesus will not be there because they were not true followers and were secretly morally corrupt. 
Um, so just listening to Jesus' words or admiring His miracles is not enough, saints. We must turn from our sin and trust in God to save us. Amen. Because why? He is worthy. Amen. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. Amen. Luke 13, verses 28 to 30, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's an unbearable pain to to even picture. Um, For you will see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets that we have read about, and we're still reading about. New Bible reading plan, guys. (laughs) Stay tuned. Um, But you will be thrown out, and people will come from all over the world, from the east to the west, from the north and the south, to take their places in the kingdom of God. And note this. Some who seem least important now will be greatest then, and some who are greatest now will be least important. God's kingdom will include people from every part of the world, even those you witnessed in this lifetime and those you will witness then, you know. Um, God's kingdom will have many surprises, some who are despised now for His glory because they preach um, the undisputed Word of God will be greatly honored then, and some influential people here will be left outside the gates. For the gospel to be fulfilled in this way, for it to reach the nations, we need to pursue the faith of the mustard seed. Remember what we said about the mustard seed? We need to serve resiliently like the yeast that permeates into every part of the dough. Our pursuit of the gospel will reach every corner of the world. It needs to, saints. This is why we are on mission for Him. What matters to God is not a person's earthly popularity, status, wealth, heritage, or power, but it is His or her commitment to Christ. Amen. So let us be, like in car stickers or bumper stickers, a put-God-first people. Maybe we should make those here, hey? (laughs) people in all things, so that we may join people from all over the world who will take their places at the feast of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. All right, so I'll now jump around um, as we cover the, uh, the last bit of um, our scriptures um, in Luke 13, verses 31 to 35. Um, I'll just go into verse 31, that at the time the Pharisees said to him, Get away from here if you want to live. Herod Antipas wants to kill you. Um, So Jesus was very focused on Jerusalem. So he was focused on going to Jerusalem because then the DNA replicated clones. Something was coded in him, which was an instruction from the Father, that he needs to go to Jerusalem at all costs, right? Um, So he was focused on Jerusalem, it was a city. It was a city, um, and it was a city, and God, and a God-symbolized um, city as well uh, of the entire nation. It was Israel's largest city, the nation's spiritual and political capital. Jews from around the world frequently visited it, and they still do today, right? But Jerusalem had a history of rejecting God's prophets. It would reject the Messiah just as it had rejected its forerunners as well. So, 
I really did that for those who geek out on, on facts on the Bible. <laughs> I hope you received that well. Um, but it is just amazing that, you know, still to this day, you know, people from all over the world still want to go where, you know, Jesus um, laid his life out, you know, for our salvation. But it's the very city that he was still rejected in. But it was for a purpose. It was for a purpose. Let's look at um, um, the last um, verses um, that I'll highlight, which is 31 and 33. Um, the Pharisees were not interested in protecting Jesus from, from danger, right? They were trying to trap him from, for themselves. They were not worried about Herod. Um, although he was a king, he was a ruler at the time, but the Pharisees wanted Jesus for themselves because they wanted the victory for themselves. The Pharisees urged Jesus to leave because they wanted to stop him from going to Jerusalem, not because they feared Herod. But Jesus' life, work, and death would not be determined by Herod or the Pharisees. What an amazing God. His life was planned and directed by God himself, and his mission would unfold in God's time and according to God's plan. Amen. So he was bented on fulfilling this mission in as um, um, as much as there was a lot of fear in Jesus. We we know from the last moments, um, let this cup pass from me. But he pursued this with such resilient faith because the father had instructed him, my son, you need to do this so that my children can be connected to me once again. So saints... As I conclude, let us continue to pursue God's plan for our lives as we have witnessed it in in the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus' life and his mission um, for the will of the Father. It's in the small details of obedience and allegiance to God's work that we see the unfolding of God's plan in his kingdom. However, we also realize that in order to live his purposes, and live a life fulfilled by Him, that we may one day feast in the kingdom of of heaven, we have to lay down our lives. We have to deny our sins. We have to repent of our sins. We have to receive His forgiveness and through salvation and lead our lives that are pleasing to Him. Amen. So with that said, saints, um, I'm going to call us into a time of communion. And um, if we may all get up and uh, just fetch the elements of communion, and I will pray for us once we are all back here. Amen. Amen. Okay, as we're all making our way back to our chairs, um, I'm just going to mention this. Um, I'd like to extend a, an invitation to, 
to those who would like to receive salvation today, um, those who are not saved, and I will ask um, after we have shared in communion for the elders and the leaders to, to come and pray for them as well. But I would also like to, to make a call perhaps um, to those who are feeling the cost of following him. Um, if it has been a heavy burden and, burden and burdensome as well, and if you found yourself asking, is it worth it? Brothers and sisters, I assure you that he is worthy. His yoke is light when we commit ourselves fully to him. Um, now is an opportunity for God to refresh you and relieve you of that heavy burden. Amen. So that as we take the elements of, of communion, let us just ask him to, to refresh us for those who want us to, who need to be refreshed to do his works. And for those who would like to receive his salvation today, as we look unto Easter, um, it would be such a momentous occasion for those who would like to receive salvation today because in the forecoming week, we get to learn about how he sacrificed his life for us, how the salvation came about for us to so easily embrace it now, be filled with his love, and embrace the everlasting that will come at the feast of the kingdom. Let us take the elements Amen. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for the word for today, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the work that you have started in your children. Thank you, that you, Heavenly Father, for reminding us of the great sacrifice that you did through your son, Jesus, Heavenly Father. We know that, Lord, you would have done it again and again and again for us because of your great love for us. We thank you for the reminder, mighty God, Heavenly Father, um, that all our efforts, O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, when we trust in you and we remain in the vine, Almighty God, Heavenly Father, that we will continue, Lord, Heavenly Father, to produce fruits for your kingdom in the mighty name of Jesus. Therefore, Lord, we thank you, and we lay down our lives, Heavenly Father, trusting in you, Lord, and we, Father, to use us, to speak to us, O Lord, and we, Father, that we may continue, O Lord, and we, Father, to elevate your kingdom on earth, Almighty God, and we, Father, that the gospel may spread to the nations of the world, and your name and your word may fill the earth, consume the earth, that everyone may have an awareness of who you are, the one and true King, the one and true God. And we extend and invite, O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, even to those who do not know this wonderful and embracing light, that, Lord, Heavenly Father, this word may touch them, that it may reveal to them, O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, who created them, and, O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, where they may find rest, peace, and salvation for their eternal lives, Almighty God. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, O oh Lord, and we thank you, Heavenly Father, for your grace, O oh Lord, upon our lives, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.